we have to think out of the box if we want to be successful also as an automotive brand. I'm not a fan of micromanagement. People which are in responsible functions in all levels, they have to take the decisions and you need to enable them to take the right decisions because they are the experts. You need to guide the organization brave enough, innovative enough and fast enough and also in a close collaboration with the business but also with the mindset of how this can make business to the outside. At the end of the day I'm happy if we have success as a team. This is CRNet TV. My name is Hendrik Deckers. I'm here today with Sebastian Grams, who is the CIO of SEAT and Cupra. A very warm welcome, Sebastian. Thank you, Hendrik. Uh, nice to meet you here. Sebastian, you have an engineering degree and a PhD from the Karlsruhe Institute of Technology. You started your career at Audi about 20 years ago, and then uh, in 2018, you moved to uh, Spain and Barcelona to become the Chief Information Officer of SEAT and Cupra. So Sebastian, in a nutshell, tell us a little bit more about who you are, your background, and how did you arrive in this position as CIO? Yeah. Uh yeah, Hendrik, so uh, from, 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 from my perspective, so I would, I would describe myself a little bit as a, as a trans, on, on a transformation story, on my own uh, transformation story. Mm -hmm. So I started uh, with, a, as you said, with an engineering background in Audi, uh, 2000, exactly 2000, so 21 years ago, <laughs> which is a long, long time, to be honest, if I'm reflecting that. And I've started indeed in motorsport, yeah, so uh, developing mm -hmm. uh, engines for the Le Mans project for Audi was a quite successful time. And uh, during my career as an engineer, I moved from motorsport into the serial development of high performance engines and uh, over project leading functionalities. I moved later on into the area of new mobility, into the area of new powertrain concept. This was the point of time where the whole automotive industry was still in the diesel and in the gasoline engine mm -hmm. uh, sector. And there was a hard discussion, okay, what is the future? Uh, this point of time I was already uh, discussing uh, about electrical engines. Now we are exactly in this age. So uh, mm -hmm. the electrical age is there. I was early yeah. in, that, uh, in that discussion in the strategy uh, topics involved. And over the simulation responsibility in the, in the R&D department, I was a big customer of, uh, of the IT department in Audi. Mm -hmm. And this was the, let's say, the bridge uh, of moving from the engineering department into the IT because the former CIO of Audi was searching someone who knows, uh, who knows the R&D department very good and uh, yeah. make better relationship between the IT and the R&D department. So more or less six years ago, I decided myself to, uh, to transform again. So from, let's say, classical engines into alternative engines, I moved from the powertrain or from, yeah, from the powertrain department into IT. And mm -hmm. uh, this was a very interesting journey, I have to say, because I learned everything uh, about a classical IT in Audi. I transformed also the Audi IT. So there was the target these days uh, also to start uh, yeah to start a, a journey of uh, resorting the organization making the organization much more modern bringing agil agility mm -hmm. into the organization and i would say this was also the the time uh, the group uh, recognized that i'm uh, not so bad in transformation stories and then they asked me to help to transform seat the digital uh, mm -hmm. journey of seat also the IT and uh, former CEO Luca De Meo asked me, I, I knew him from Audi before and also Martin Hofmann as the, as the group CIO from Volkswagen, they asked me to jump over to SEAT and this was in summer 2018 and yeah, we, I would say we have uh, started a fantastic transformation journey, a, a fantastic digital mm -hmm. transformation journey and happy to uh, discuss with you further insights about that. Okay, great. So you. 
So, I mean, the car industry is under a lot of change, huh? where in the, uh, in the past engines and the hardware was very important, and now they're becoming um, uh, computers on wheels almost. So the digital part is becoming much more important. But let's maybe, I mean, we all know the Volkswagen Group and Audi and so, but let's maybe uh, position Seat a little bit, and, and Seat mm -hmm. and, and the second brand, Cupra. What yeah. is it that Seat really focuses on and does uh, really, really well? So first of all, Seat is, is part of the Volkswagen Group. So we are a full member of the Volkswagen Group. Um, what you have to know is that Seat um, is uh, targeting a younger, a younger customer group of, uh, of drivers. So we are having mm -hmm. in, in, the, yeah, in the average 10 years younger customers. Uh, like the other brands, which is very interesting because this is giving us also the opportunity uh, to enter different fields of uh, yeah of, of customer focus points. Yeah, so as I said, Seat part of the Volkswagen Group, Cupra as a as a second strong brand, uh, uh, let's say born out of Seat, uh, focusing on on the sport cars on the on the on the performance sector of cars also on young customers as well and inside Seat and Cupra we have also created a third brand which is called Seat Mo and Seat Mo is leading all mobility activities um, of Seat around the car yeah so we are talking here about electrical scooters we are talking here about uh, kick scooters which is a quite an interesting market and I think we will jump later on also in, in into these yep. kind of ideas yeah so that means that car companies are becoming mobility companies and providing much more than just cars, but also providing mobility services. Is that the direction that also Seat is going into? Exactly. Uh, so, so Seat Mo is also leading the micro mobility activities in the Volkswagen Group, yeah, which is mm -hmm. a very interesting uh, space, especially if you are uh, having your company, um, yeah, in in the in the area of bus. Barcelona, where most of the people not uh, owning a, a real car, they are using mobility, yeah. but they have no space. And this is exactly what we are focusing on. And here is also uh, part of our entry point uh, with the digital transformation. So we are trying to boost uh, these kind of new mobility with our digital solutions uh, in the background. Okay. So you arrived in, in, in Barcelona in 2018. Uh, and so tell us a little bit uh, the, the journey that you have gone through in the last uh, couple of years and, and the transformation and the changes that you have implemented there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's an it's a easy question, but I could, I could, I could talk <laughs> with you, I, I don't know, three days, probably more, because for me, to be honest, uh, these uh, yeah, nearly three years were one of the most uh, intense uh, business mm -hmm. times of my life, but also from a private perspective. My, besides of that, my daughter was also born in Barcelona, 2019. And uh, mm -hmm. regarding the transformation story, so I, I arrived exactly summer 2018, and then uh, I, I jumped directly into the adventure uh, to transform the company into a more digital place uh, than before. Okay, and. Um, Let's say the, the most important topic at the beginning was that we involved uh, not only the IT department and the digital units for the transformation of the company, we involved from the very beginning on all the different business areas. Yeah? To take them on the journey, to, uh, to work together on a, on a common plan, on a common strategy, on a vision. And um, after only three months, uh, we presented our results. Only three months is for a target process and for a vision pro process uh, really short. Uh, mm -hmm. But we presented that exactly one day before Christmas 2018 to the board. I remember that day very well. So, and uh, Luca de Mio and the rest of the board, were, they were quite uh, surprised and also impressed what the team has done. And this for me mm -hmm. was kind of the of the important fundament uh, that everybody from the company side was involved in, in our idea and in our way mm -hmm. we want to go. And from that point on, uh, in January, we started to implement all these topics. So to give you a little bit of an idea what, is, uh, what were our, let's say, I would, I would call it key pillars mm -hmm. of our digital transformation. Um, in, the overall, in the overall picture, 
we said we need to uh, create a, a journey back to technology. Yeah, I okay. personally believe this is not only uh, necessary in the IT department or the digital space. This is also important um, in the in the R&D department. We have outsourced a lot of topics uh, in the past years mm -hmm. because of cost reasons, but uh, the companies they growed and. Uh, and at the end we recognized also that this is maybe a little bit the cheaper way but you are losing completely the knowledge and you are losing completely also the control of the things and uh, if you want to enter uh, let's say innovative spaces you need to keep the knowledge uh, in your house so the key pillar overall or the frame around was this story of mm -hmm. back to technology we decided uh, to create an, a new organization from an IT perspective, which is uh, caring about projects end to end. So if somebody mm -hmm. is taking over the responsibility of a, of a product, of a digital product, he's responsible from the very beginning until to the delivery of the project for the business area. And we also decided not starting any project uh, without having a product owner. Uh, from the business area because uh, this was also a learning I did in Audi or I had in Audi that uh, things were developed and uh, at the end at the delivery day the customer was saying well this is not what I have ordered I'm sorry mm -hmm. uh, you have to go back and you have to start new or you have uh, to adapt the things so these were um, also the, the ways how we worked on, on IT projects, on digital products, we changed completely uh, one topic. On the other side, as I said, uh, back to technology, we decided to insource a lot of uh, key functionalities. So starting from network specialists over threat hunters in the IT security department until uh, the most important topic, uh, and this is also which was the entry point for our Seat Code company, our new company, uh, we insourced mm -hmm. also software developers. So in the past, um, I started here in Seat, we had only 10% of technical profiles inside our organization. And now, uh, two and a half years later, we have more than 50%, 5-0% mm -hmm. of technical profiles inside our organization. So we are much, much more capable to do things, to understand things. And um, this, is only the, this is only one side of the medal. The other side is that we believe, and this is also what our results tell us, tells us, uh, that we are faster. Uh, in, in delivering the things. We are much faster in delivering the things. We are delivering the things in a higher quality and we are delivering mm -hmm. also the things in a, in a really closer connection to the, uh, to, the, to the business areas that the product yep. at the end is uh, fulfilling the expectations of, uh, of the business area, of, of the customer itself. Okay, so you arrived summer 2018, you presented your uh, big plan just before Christmas um, uh, 18, and there a part of the plan was to start this new company, Seat Code, and that was born almost in the same time period as your daughter. So April 2019, uh, around that, uh, you started with Seat Code with the idea we need to take back control and knowledge uh, in-house uh, not only of uh, car manufacturing and, and, and some R&D processes there, but also the, the digital aspects of, uh, of, of the business. So can you tell us a little bit, how did you set up Seat Code as a, as a separate company? Yeah, so as you said, uh, Code was born also 2019, directly uh, straight after, the, after presenting the vision. And um, for me, first of all, Seat Code is my second daughter, yeah. Mm -hmm. as, I, as I explained several times, because both were born uh, in April 2019 in, in Barcelona. And I, I, I see both growing day by day. And um, also to give you the idea, what about code? As I said, one aspect was we wanted to have the software development in-house. Yeah, at least for the major, most important strategic projects. But uh, the second uh, idea here was also to use uh, or to enter the digital, uh, the digital development to earn money with digital products. Okay, so one side, faster 
uh, more reliable partner to the business, but on the other side, showing that the, the digital space is quite an interesting space, also from the profit side. Mm -hmm. um, how we have started that? Um, we started completely greenfield approach. So we decided from the very beginning on, and, and we have uh, compared different kind of uh, ways to, to move on with such a mission. Uh, at the end, we decided to start really from the greenfield uh, approach, building a complete new company uh, with a complete new structure, with complete own processes, uh, besides of the classical organization. Also using these, uh, this vehicle uh, to transform not only the IT department, also to transform uh, the old big organization itself. And uh, mm -hmm. to give you a little bit of some key figures, we have uh, today 150 employees in this company um, and 99% of the employees are uh, people which are really coding. Uh, the okay. rest of the team, <laughs> and these are only three, are management team. So you can see mm -hmm. that this is kind of a very, very lean structure and also the, the leaders of the different product lines in our company, they are developing by themselves. So Mm -hmm. Also, the leaders of these uh, product lines, and this is something also unique, they are doing only partially management activities day by day. And this is uh, creating kind of an atmosphere of a working field where you really see uh, things are moving forward from, uh, from a software producing uh, uh, view. Yeah, and you set, set this up as a separate company. Because yes. you're convinced that innovation really happens at the, at the edge of organizations, that, that you need greenfield um, organizations to, to innovate, that it's very difficult to innovate within existing structures, is that why? Yeah, so what I, what I have learned is that, um, this, that classical organizations are doing hard uh, to move such fast, yeah? especially if you mm -hmm. want to di disrupt uh, things. It's, it's more difficult if you want to implement things in a, into a classical organization. So therefore we've decided to make it separate and then using the good, good elements and the good source of, of this uh, new company to help the rest of the old organization uh, to, move, uh, to move also in the right direction. And this is exactly what we, what we have done. Mm -hmm. The other topic for me is also um, if you want to be fast, for example, with hiring, um, you need uh, different kind of processes. If you, want to, uh, mm -hmm. if you want to sell products, and we are normally only selling cars, yeah? <laughs> you have these classical organization, but if you want to sell tomorrow software, how do you do that? Mm -hmm. So you need uh, yeah. other skills, other processes uh, to, to be successful with that. And this is exactly what we, what we have done. So it's almost like uh, a startup, a software startup within a large organization and now becoming a scale-up. I mean, there's 150 employees right now. Can you talk a little bit about the numbers, what kind of revenues, profits and so yep. on that you, you have for targets? Yes. So we, we closed uh, the first full business year, which was 2020, so last year, with a double uh, digit of profit, which is, uh, mm -hmm. which is very impressive, I have to say. Um, because, uh, because if you know how, how the margins normally and the profit is in the automotive sector, it's, it's, uh, it's much lower. And what we could show yep. to our board here was that uh, the digital business is quite a in, not only quite an interesting business in terms of disruption, but also a, a quite yep. an interesting field of uh, profitability and business growth. Yeah? And this is exactly uh, what we have shown. Uh, we have onboarded last year 100 people, uh, 100 people, most of them completely remotely which is also quite unique. Um, <laughs> we have done also, uh, or we have today people which are working, for example, in Canada or other countries uh, completely remotely. So this is also completely an, a new kind of working culture, uh, working um, ecosystem, I would call it. Yeah? And, yep. uh, but this is helping also to, to disrupt uh, the rest of the company because I think uh, personally, we have to think out of the box if we want to be yep. successful also as an automotive brand. And this was, and, and, and Hendrik, let me, let, me, let, me, let me maybe 
tell you this one coming also out of the classical space yeah as i as i told you mm -hmm. this was also uh, teaching me so lot uh, so much things yeah uh, how you can do things how you can do things differently and again amazing journey uh, nearly three years and the time was so fast flying for me here in Barcelona uh, yep. with all these topics. So Seat is based in, in, in Matorel outside of Barcelona but you decided to, to start Seat Code in, in Barcelona itself. Uh, why did you want to bring this into the city? Uh, different reasons. Uh, first of all you have to know that the old uh, Seat routes are in Barcelona. So the, the first okay. plant of, of SEAT was based in Barcelona and then uh, SEAT was growing uh, the years and then some years ago they decided, uh, the company decided to move out to Matorel because there's more space for bigger plants. Uh, today we have three production lines in Matorel. This was the reason because we moved out. But, uh, but the original roots of SEAT are Barcelona. This was one reason because we decided we wanted to bring also the new age of the company back to the city center mm -hmm. where everything of the history of SEAT began. One topic. The other topic for sure is also we wanted to be a very attractive brand for digital natives. Uh, as I told you, most of the of our employees here in SEAT Code, they are not having their own car. So they are needing public transport systems. They are coming with bicycles. They are coming with the metro, with the buses. Uh, with sharing uh, companies uh, to the offices and uh, this was the other reason because we decided to be in the city center and uh, on the other side a uh, major part of our business is also we want to build digital solutions our first digital product is a mobility platform so um, maybe let me explain you what kind of uh, product lines we have in code. The first biggest mm -hmm. product line today is our mobility product line. The second product line is everything about customer experience. So how we can make uh, our customers fanboys and fangirls of our, of our brands. And the third pillar, the third product line is, uh, is our products around production and logistics. And, uh, being, let's say, provider of mobility solutions, of digital mobility products, it is also uh, for us uh, a good move to be in the city center because here you can also in a kind of a, a test field of mobility. Yeah? So you can yep. prove your products, you can uh, show your products and this is the third reason because we have decided uh, to be in Barcelona. So how far away do you think we are from uh, a, a complete effortless uh, mobility as a service uh, for, uh, for, for customers where I can just uh, use the train and, and a scooter and, and an autonomous driving car and, 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 and all that together seamlessly works and is, is, is um, um, is a very uh, happy and, 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 and a nice thing to, uh, to use as a, as a customer. How far away are we from that? It's a very good question, Hendrik. Um, to be honest, if, if we are willing to do so, we are not so far away from that. So the, mm -hmm. the, the technical solution, the digital solution is, uh, is, uh, is ready more or less. Yeah? So as I said, we developed mm -hmm. a mobility platform. Uh, with our mobility platform, you are able to connect um, with whatever kind of IoT solution, the different kind of, of uh, vehicles. So from a bicycle over kick scooter until e-scooter until a car. So this is already working. Uh, we are also mm -hmm. having some nice proof of concepts to, uh, to connect things to the, let's say, to the um, public transport system. Uh, so mm -hmm. I would say from this uh, point of view, we are not such far away from a solution. The, the, the other question for me here is, um, where uh, do we need to implement these kind of solutions, okay? Uh, if we are talking about a big city like Barcelona, uh, we should be and we are much closer to realize uh, things like that. But if you think about, we have also uh, to mobilize uh, people, they are li living outside the city, Maybe this is not, not necessary to have these kind yeah. of, uh, 
of uh, solutions. So I would, I would say ready soon, uh, but available in, uh, in different areas. Yes, in other areas not needed. And yeah. the same but I see also the future of autonomous driving, if you ask me. So you will have spaces mm -hmm. in the future where it's absolutely mandatory uh, to have it. Yeah, because you need to save time. Uh, you are not willing to drive because you need to work or you need to relax or you need to have uh, some other topics to do. But uh, then you have other sectors where the customer, like our Cupra customers, they just want to have fun with the car where the people are moving with their cars and they are happy to move with their cars. Uh, but and yeah. in between, so there could be different kind of, let's say, mergings and uh, intermediate solutions to say, okay, what kind of uh, purpose vehicle the customer wants to drive. Yeah, so maybe in the weekend or at the weekend, he wants to drive into the uh, mountains to Andorra, not far away from Barcelona. He needs a bigger car, he needs a SUV. But in the yeah. in the uh, in the week time, he need a he need a smaller car to uh, to allow him to park. So, I think it's not an easy question. Uh, solution uh, could be available uh, soon. We are working uh, heavily on on providing such kind of solutions because uh, we also believe uh, that we have now a good package out of being a digital provider. Uh, and also on the other side uh, being a hardware provider of, of, of the physical product itself. Yeah, it's, I mean, it must be a very exciting time to be in the car industry today because I mean, there's so many, there's new players coming up. You have the Ubers and the Teslas and the electric cars and, yeah. and so, so many, many things changing nowadays. Eh? That's uh, really exciting. Ab absolutely. Um, so for me, 21 years, as I told you, the, the first years for me, for sure, as an engineer, were very attractive and, and very interesting. But from a disruptive point of view, it was more from the same. And uh, since, the, yeah. since the discussion we had about alternative uh, drivetrains, alternative powertrains, uh, the, the world is changing. Yeah? You have the CO2 regulations, you have the, uh, the access restrictions of cities, which is also uh, an aspect uh, why a mobility platform could be could be very interesting. I would say it's, it's, it's really one of the best moments to be in the automotive uh, industry, uh, one of the most interesting moments to be in the automotive industry because nobody is uh, able to look into the crystal ball and to foresee the, the future of, of that. But we can work uh, for a better future on that. Now in Seat Code, next to the mobility uh, platform or services that you're building, you also talked about uh, customer experience. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? What is it, what kind of applications are you providing to, uh, to which customers? Yeah, one, one good example I, I would like to, I would like to uh, explain you is our fast lane concept. The fast lane concept of, uh, of SEAT is, uh, is a concept where the, where the customer can order a car within only 21 days. So if he's going mm -hmm. uh, to the dealer and signing the contract for his new uh, car, he's getting the keys in his hands in only 21 days. Why is this possible? Uh, because of a lot of digitalization in the, in the background, yeah, which, uh, which you are not seeing, uh, let's say, from the outside so easy. We have connected here the different uh, logistic providers and we know exactly uh, which parts available uh, when the parts are available, that we can calculate it in the background that this is really a 21, uh, 21 days car. And, uh, and on top to that, and you have to know we have thousands of different uh, providers which are delivering parts to our plants uh, day by day. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, that's one of the most complex uh, ecosystem of an automotive uh, company, the logistic. The, the, the logistic streams uh, to know when the parts are and also one of the most cost incentive uh, spaces because if you have the parts too early, too long in your, in your storage, you're burning a hell of a money uh, for, your, for your company. So uh, what we are working out here is on using um, the data we have. So we are tracking the parts, we are tracking the lorries we are tracking them also over the sea by the ship. We know exactly where the parts are. 
and we are connecting all the different providers to our platform and this gives us the reason mm -hmm. to offer uh, the customer this kind of unique uh, user experience. And uh, mm -hmm. the cool thing is an additional feature what we have uh, on top is our so-called, we call it tracking tool. Um, the customer is also getting a QR code uh, of this car and then he can track his car through the production process. So he's signing the contract, he's getting the QR code, he knows in 21 days my car will be delivered and in, within these mm -hmm. 21 days uh, the customer can follow his car in the production line. So he sees, okay, at the moment it's in the body shop, it's going to be uh, painted. So this is a really, really nice experience, I have to say, for the customer to, uh, to really looking forward to get the keys and the new car. Yeah. Now, also in automotive, I think data is, is, is key to success and, and, and becoming a fully data-driven uh, organization is, is a very important competitive um, advantage that you need or you need that to, uh, to beat your competition. Can you accept, uh, you, you gave the examples how data is very important to track where your, uh, your, your uh, parts are that you need to, uh, um, to assemble the vehicles. Can you give an example where uh, Seat is really a data-driven company or becomes more and more of a data-driven company applications for that? Yeah, I would, I would jump back to the mobility platform because this is for me really mm -hmm. the future. So here we are, we are making better business if we understand the data. So um, with, the, with the mobility platform, as I said, last year we have launched our mobility platform in Barcelona with our sub-brand Seat Mo. More than 600 uh, electrical scooters we are running in the metropo uh, metropolitan area of Barcelona day by day. And... Uh, mm -hmm we are collecting all the data points uh, of this fleet and we know by collecting the the data points of the fleet exactly the behavior of our fleet of of our customers of our clients and we can yeah. and this is exactly what we are doing we are optimizing the our business day by day yeah the question is how how how, how can you get out the maximum out of these uh, more than 600 scooters day by day in terms of trips, in terms of rotation rate, in terms of incentive, uh, incentives for different customers because they are really good customers for us. So this is uh, for me a real, really good example of uh, a data-driven company uh, in the mobility space. And yep. I can tell you we are collecting uh, thousands of data points day by day. Uh, we are making uh, profiling of, uh, of our products and we have optimized the fleet within the last uh, months a lot, uh, really from, from month to month to increase the, the income and the profit of, the, of, these, uh, of this mobility service in Barcelona. How important is uh, or how far are you today with implementation of artificial intelligence on top of all that data that is there and uh, do you have some, some, some use cases for that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, also with the mobility platform, so we have uh, in, 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 the, in the back office, uh, office functionality, we are using a lot of, uh, of algorithm yeah, to, uh, to mm -hmm. train our platform, to train our service. Uh, for, for, the, for the customer. This is just an example and then we have different other uh, uh, areas also inside the company where we are using that. Yeah? We, are, we are not using, let's say, everywhere artificial intelligence. For me also a, a first step here is a, a lot of automation topics. Yeah? So inside the company um, we have a lot of, uh, let's say, classical business to deal. We are dealing also a lot of Excel things, a lot of classical routines inside the organization. And, and before mm -hmm. we are talking about artificial intelligence, what we are handling for sure uh, with the mobility space, uh, I think inside the company there's a lot of need of automation, of doing uh, bot functionality in the purchasing department, in the finance department, okay. in the HR department. And we have implemented more than 100 different uh, uh, bot functionalities uh, last year. This is just an example of uh, how technology is also boosting our classical business uh, inside our organization.
Okay, so you're a big believer of RPA, uh, yes. process automation with robots? Yes. Okay, very cool. Let's talk a bit more about the, how IT and digital is organized. So you have your 150 people team in Barcelona, but in fact internationally all working from home. And then you have your um, traditional team in, in, in Matorel. How do they work together? How, and, 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 um, how do you make sure that, I can imagine, two, almost two different cultures work very well together? Yeah, but I have only one team, so I don't like if, uh, if you are speaking about two different teams. Uh, I have really mm -hmm. one team. We all, always call it uh, one team in two different locations. Uh, so mm -hmm. this is completely, as I told you, also open space. Uh, yes, we have an office here in Barcelona, but also my uh, organization from Matorel you can find here. So the idea is also that you have a continuous, uh, let's say, flow of, uh, of knowledge, uh, continuous flow of also working culture between the different locations. And um, how we have organized that, we are also completely international. This is also, I would say, quite unique. We, we are only speaking English day by day. Uh, even uh, that we are a Spanish company, we have uh, more than 15 different nationalities inside uh, mm -hmm. the organization. So <laughs> it's not possible to speak uh, German or Spanish or whatever kind of language, so you need English as, uh, as the common, uh, let's say, tech language uh, in my organization. Yep. And um, again, um, we are one team, two locations, and we are profiting from each other. So uh, the organization in, in Barcelona, for sure, is trying uh, disruptive things. Uh, and if we, are, uh, if we have proved them, we are also bringing them into the rest of the organization. But on the other side, uh, another part of, uh, let's say, transformation uh, part of the organization is our Agile Center of Excellence. We have created mm -hmm. uh, also this one uh, with the new organization beginning 2019. And the Agile uh, Center of Excellence is helping us to transform uh, the IT organization, so they are working in Barcelona, they are working in Matorel, but they are working especially with the business areas, yeah, to learn them how you are doing, um, how you are doing, let's say, agile development, what kind of methodologies you have, which kind of methodologies uh, are useful for them. I'm not a fan of, let's say, 100% uh, Agile. I'm a fan of uh, using the right tool for the right uh, for the right uh, problem you have to solve. Okay. Okay. Now you had to uh, grow this company from scratch, greenfield operation. So let's talk a little bit about your management style. How do you make sure you hire the right people? How do you make your team successful? What's your secret uh, of success there? So my, my, my secret of success, Hendrik, is uh, first of all, trust your team. Yeah? So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm only one part of the team and, uh, and this is for me the key. So I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of micromanagement, completely not. So uh, people which are in responsible functions uh, in all levels, they have to take the decisions and, and you need to enable them uh, to make the decisions uh, and yeah, to, 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 to take the right decisions because they are the experts. So regarding hiring, uh, we, have, uh, we have a really close collaboration also with our HR department. For me, uh, yes, thinking into boxes, uh, into organizational boxes, IT is our own department. But uh, for example, we have involved our HR department very, very close uh, from the beginning on. Uh, in, in, inside SEAT code to learn from each other, to help, the, help us to find new ways of hiring people, to make these kind of uh, remote hirings. This was only possible because we trust uh, the responsible persons. And from a leadership style, uh, on top to that, I think you need to be brave these days, uh, especially because of the, of the um, unclear situation uh, of the automotive industry. As I told you, nobody can, can look into the crystal ball, uh, mm -hmm. but uh, I think we need to be brave in, in taking decisions, sometimes also uh, fail fast, but trying things, and uh, yeah. also not, uh, not shoot 
the messenger yeah if uh, if if something is failing yeah so we have tried things we have also adapted things and this is uh, let's say my mindset of continuous learning but also continuous transformation of an organization we have the organization live uh, since two years and if there is something to optimize we are optimizing that yeah we are not waiting the next 10 years until the people are, uh, let's say, r run away and say, what a crazy organization. We are trying to, uh, to adapt that uh, in the situation uh, it's needed. Sebastian, you've been into, in, in, in automotive business for 21 years and, and on the IT side for six years. How, if you, and, and things are changing fast. If you look back six years ago, what the role, uh, typically the role was of a CIO. And if you look at what the role of the CIO is today, how would you say that has changed? And, and what is fundamentally really your role as, as CIO in, uh, in CIO today? For, for me, um, the, the role has changed. And I think we need more kind of general managers uh, also in IT, which, uh, which are understanding more the people and the organization than the, the, let's say, the deep dive of bits and bytes and data centers and want to solve each incident by themselves. Uh, so you need, mm -hmm. to, you need to be more uh, the general manager. And this is exactly what I am. Uh, you know, I, I have no idea about IT at all. <laughs> I, I'm joking. But six years ago, I was not involved in IT. Uh, I adapted myself uh, to be, uh, to be uh, part of the IT now later than being CIO. And I think uh, you need to guide the organization uh, brave yeah. enough, innovative enough uh, and uh, fast enough and also in a close collaboration with the business but also with the mindset of how this can make uh, business to the outside. So this is, uh, yeah. in, a, in a nutshell, uh, how I see it. So you don't need to know how to configure a network or how to, to, to write software code, but you know, to need to understand what the business really needs, what transformation that you need to support business transformation and how IT and digital really works and what the value is. Exactly. Yeah, I, 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 I wrote myself uh, 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 software indeed in the school. I, I was programming Delphi. Yeah, so this was my. Okay. That's my a long first, time ago. Yes. Was my, this is a long time ago, but it was my first touch point uh, with with IT. Uh, interesting days. No, but I, I believe you do not need to uh, to understand uh, network in detail. But what I did is, uh, and this I think is important, you also need to be close to your team. So what I tried is also to understand how, uh, how a software developer is working today in a modern organization. Uh, what are his necessities or her necessity? Um, how is a network specialist working or a threat hunter to understand um, their concerns, their chances and to help them uh, as, a, as a manager uh, to move forward and to take the right decision as a team. So uh, this, is, this is my understanding. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a bit more about yourself because I think the, the, um, uh, the DNA of successful leaders is really important. The way that you lead, the way that you think your convictions are really important, I, I think to be really, really successful and, and be a, a top CIO uh, in, in this world. So your leadership style, let's, let's turn that around. And so what do you think the, hundred of, the hundreds of people uh, that, that work with you all over the world, 50 nationalities. What do you think they say about you when you're not around? Well, I mean, what, what kind, how do they perceive you as a leader, do you think? I, I, I think they would say um, that I'm uh, very close to them. Yeah, that mm -hmm. I have always, uh, let's say, an open ear for them if, if needed. And they would also probably say that I'm uh, pushy always. Okay, <laughs> that helps. <laughs> okay, so let's on your personality a little bit more on that. You uh, have shared your uh, MBTI profile uh, with us, uh, and we use that as a common thread through all these uh, leadership deep dive interviews. You are an ENFJ, a protagonist. So that means you're extroverted, intuitive, more on the emotional feeling side, and um, 
more a, a judging personality. So typically people with that personality uh, profile, their strengths are that they're tolerant, reliable, charismatic, altruistic, natural leaders. Does that resonate with you? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So I would, I would describe really myself in, in making, making fast decisions. So I would say mm -hmm. not all the decisions are right, but uh, before I wait a year taking a decision, I, I take the decision and uh, probably then maybe 80 or 85% are correct and then we are uh, gaining speed uh, and, uh, and, and, and move forward. And for sure, I, uh, as, I, as I told you, I'm, I want to be natural. So this is also kind of, of my personality. I, I, I never wanted to be uh, someone else than I am. Yeah, you know, this is kind mm -hmm. of uh, also influencing you if you are growing in a, in a, in a professional career. Uh, you have a lot mm -hmm. of influences from the system, but I wanted always to be uh, natural and myself and also close connected uh, to, the, to the business. And for sure, I'm, I'm asking a lot of things uh, um, in my team, but uh, I would say one of the, one of the major topics I, uh, yeah, I per personally believe this is also kind of a, of a, of a strong field of myself is uh, taking the team with me. Yeah? So at the end, making a, a, a common approach out of that and that I'm not the only believer of the of of the topic because if you are alone you are fail normally yeah uh, so you need the team behind and and you need to uh, believe as a team that you are strong as a team yeah now people with your personality type they also have potential weaknesses that they need to learn and to adapt and and, and overcome uh, typically they could be overly idealistic they could be too selfless too sensitive sometimes have fluctuating self-esteem, and some of them have difficulties making tough decisions. I mean, nobody's perfect. What are your development areas, and how did you develop in these areas to make sure that you're a top leader? Yeah, so the important topic for me, Henrik, is, is uh, as I said, always, always learning. Uh, and and, and mm -hmm. this is also the, the reason because I'm moving now um, into into my next position. So I'm kind of um, I don't know how to say if I, I don't want to be um, um, do things if if they are boring. So I need uh, I need a I need a yeah challenge uh, to to fulfill. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Maybe maybe one topic I I, I need to improve myself is uh, being a bit more. Uh, relaxed yeah some someday yeah because not the whole mm -hmm. organization uh, is 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 having the same speed so this is definitely mm -hmm. one topic i have to at least to reflect myself and to reflect with the organization that this is uh, this is really working well uh, this is uh, this is one topic and and besides of that as i said i'm i'm always checking um, with, with feedback and this is also what I recommend uh, to my team members to ask uh, somehow 360 degrees uh, what is the what is the community talking about you yeah what can you improve mm -hmm. uh, what what is good what is bad where you have weaknesses yeah and and this is something I I really recommend uh, all my also my my people I'm developing uh, over the years yeah, but if you ask for but if you ask for weaknesses, so topic is uh, speed, also waiting sometimes for the for the rest uh, of the organization, and also not being too much, uh, uh, how to say, um, I don't know how to say it in English, a bit difficult, <laughs> uh, uh, not jumping too fast into the next topic. Yeah, if you if you understand what I, what I mean. Uh -uh. Sebastian, you are clearly somebody with strong ideas, strong values, and, and a high level of creative energy. And, and so, what is it that really drives you in, 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 in doing this? I mean, putting so much of your heart and, and, and your resources and, and your personal life in, in, in your work, why is it that you do that? What drives you? When are you happy at the end of the day? 
at the end of the day, I'm happy if, if really if we have success as a team. So um, I, I give you an example. Um, we, we started with, uh, with our software development center, as I said, uh, 2000, uh, 2019, okay? And we were more or less at the beginning counting beans, yeah, about, okay, what we are doing and where are revenue streams. And we were really doing an Excel sheet and, uh, and, and collecting um, a few thousand euros at the beginning, okay? Now, uh, two years later, we have a revenue of, of 20 million euros. We have a double digit of uh, profit and the team is really so proud of, of what they have done. And, and this is at the end, uh, at the end uh, what is making me proud. Yeah? As, as a team, we can, uh, we can help the business areas. We can help, let's say, um, our customers and at the end, the team is happy in how we have reached that, how we have done that as a strong uh, team together. Yeah, now learning uh, and developing yourself is clearly something that's very important in your life. And, and could you uh, maybe uh, tell us a little bit, who are the people in your career that really helped you to develop? Who are the, the, were the mentors uh, in, in your professional career? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had I had different uh, ty types of, of mentors. You know, this is kind of also a very personal level. If you ca if you are recognizing, uh, you can learn from somebody. So what I tried also uh, in in my career is finding people, uh, finding people which are really much much stronger than than yourself. Yeah, where you say, wow, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know how how he or she is doing that, but. Uh, but really, this is something I would also like to do uh, with these uh, kind of skills or capabilities. So what I did in my career is also always asking people. So it was not always people uh, which were my boss or my colleague uh, uh, mm -hmm. in terms of men mentorship. I also ask uh, people outside my organization directly uh, if, if they want to help me, if they want to uh, let's say train me and uh, and that i can grow my my professional uh, capabilities yeah now you have a family you have a two year almost two year uh, old daughter yeah. what are the what are the values that you pass on to her what are the values that are important in in your life and you want to make sure that she has as well so for me there there are in this age, there are some uh, clear clear values. I think you have to learn from the very beginning on, uh, and these things are like um, saying saying really hello and goodbye. Yeah. So 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 recognizing uh, the one uh, mm -hmm. uh, you are facing, and this is something also I think you can uh, project uh, to a modern leader. Yeah. So I know leaders which are not saying hello to everybody, which is for me kind of not understandable because I was also uh, trained uh, differently by my family. Yeah? It's independent of who's coming or going and uh, which age, which uh, personal grading somebody is having. So this is something I, I'm, I'm trying to learn my, uh, my little one from the very beginning, yeah? that you are uh, creating a, a close relationship to people, that you have this kind of uh, positive attitude if you are communicating mm -hmm. to someone and uh, let's say a clear communication yeah are there other values that that you received from your family from your parents your grandparents that are really defining how you how you think how you operate sure 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 uh, for, for me and this is what what i've learned from my um from my from my family be also um helping ha helping other people yeah, so this is this mm -hmm. is definitely something I've learned from 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 my parents, and this is something I also try to give uh, not only in the private sector. I'm also trying in a um, in a professional uh, in my professional life to other people. So I'm I'm also happy if I can help uh, people to grow. Yeah. So uh, how you are how you are training people? Yeah. How you can guide them not making the same mistake you did 
you did before. Yeah, so this is kind of uh, helping in the in the in the in the professional sector, but on the other side also helping in the in the in the in the private uh, life if there is help needed from friends, from family, from from people around. And on the other side also, uh, yeah, um, for sure not not lying, things like that. So these are more the classical topics, but uh, yeah. Now, Sebastian, you, you're clearly a very successful professional. So you've, uh, you've been in, 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 uh, in the car business for 21 years. Um, but I'm sure that, like everybody, you have made your mistakes and you had your failures. And it's from our failures and our mistakes that we can learn a lot. So my very simple question uh, for you is, could you share with us what was your most brilliant failure that you have uh, ever had and how did you overcome it and what did you learn from it? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good but also a, a, a difficult question. Mm -hmm. um, so one, top, one topic definitely, so you know, I, I, have my, I, have, I have my master thesis done, okay? Sorry, my 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 my, my doctor degree, uh, my PhD. Sorry, mm -hmm. yeah, my my PhD, and this was something I um, I I wanted to learn and to grow uh, as a young engineer. So I was uh, feeling uh, enough energy to uh, to 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 do that, but uh, mm -hmm. for doing that. I needed I, I needed to have a, a second uh, a second round in the university yeah uh, in in Karlsruhe so I did that I did that uh, three years in in parallel um, in parallel to my to my job to reach mm -hmm. the target to be ready to make my PhD and then I did additionally uh, three and a half year my PhD besides of of my job. Uh, and to be honest, this was uh, for me a learning, and I would say in, 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 the, in the past, maybe also a mistake, believing that this is really uh, working out with, uh, with everything and not losing anything, okay? So I'm, I lost on the, on the way my, my girlfriend. I, I also lost on the way uh, friends. Yeah, because uh, because I was really targeting on doing that. At the end, I'm I'm not a guy uh, on stopping halfway. So if I if mm -hmm. I uh, if I'm halfway gone, I want to go over the over the uh, yeah over the final final line of of reaching the goal. But I would say this was uh, I would not call it mistake, but I would call it uh, a, a big big learning for myself. Which also brought me on the on my personal energy limit, to, to be honest. Yeah, so I know I know uh, perfectly where my uh, personal energy limit is now. <laughs> Perfect. Let's uh, thank you so much for this uh, wonderful conversation, uh, Sebastian. I wanted to uh, finish with with the last question. Um, this video goes out on YouTube and all the, uh, on all the social media and, and public platforms. Uh, and so I'm sure that many of the people that watch this um, will also have the ambition to become a successful CIO in the car business or in, uh, in other industries. So what would be the, the, the one advice that you would give to yourself 10, 20 years ago to make sure that you reach the same level of success, maybe even faster than, than you have done. Yeah, so definitely uh, be, be, being brave in the things you, uh, you, you want to do. And also, um, if you are really believing in things to do, you, you can definitely do the things, yeah? But also not losing mm -hmm. yourself, yeah? So this is something uh, I, I really would like to give uh, to, to people uh, which have a career, which want to have a career, that uh, be uh, as you are, try to be as you are and, and be brave enough to, uh, to continue the ideas. We have a lot of people which are saying no and this is not working and we have always tried it and we failed. But uh, if you are willing to do, you will find the right way to do. Okay. 
And with that, on that note, I would like to thank you uh, for your time, Sebastian. It was a pleasure. And hopefully we can uh, meet in the future and discuss cars uh, a little <laughs> bit more uh, than, than just remote like here. So uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Hendrik. It was a pleasure for, for me, definitely. So stay healthy and uh, looking forward to see you personally. See you soon. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.